0: Hello, world, and welcome to episode 99 of Live On Set. Episode 99, a.k.a. the one before the end. With episode 99, I decided to combine four conversations, one film, one music, one sports, one television topic, and make it one big episode. As I said in episode zero, this show is about the guests, and I wanted to take this opportunity Before next week's episode, episode 100, to highlight four of my favorite conversations for guests that came on the show previously that were not in my final 10 episodes. Uh, These four conversations, I talk film with my friend Charlie, music with my friend Jessica, sports with my friend Leah, and I close things out with a TV topic with my friend Tanya. And... Wanted to have an episode like this, that I could have all the four topics all in one with four different people, that I had so much fun recording over the years of this show and be able to put it all together and put it out as one whole episode. So without further ado, episode 99, The Grand Slam, starts now. Enjoy the show. so let's start with super bad let's get into it what do you like about it Do you remember the first time you ever saw it and then we'll we'll go from there
1: uh yeah i mean shoot i was a wee lad years ago watching uh super bad yeah i mean the first time i saw it uh it kind of went over my head because it you know it was more of like a that like stoner rom-com where it's just like you know you, it was just funny like face value but like re-watching it over the years it just there's so much more I can relate to at that I like that time frame where, you know, it hits more in the feels for me. And that's why I, I think I really fell in love with it. I was like yeah. seeing it over and over again. I was just like, mm, this is just so close to home that I almost lived that life. I think
0: it came out, it would have been our freshman year of high school. And when I saw it for the first time, there were like two movies around that time, The Hangover and Superbad that are both. I put that in the category of like Anchorman, Step Brothers, maybe honestly Superbad at the top of those in regards to like huge comedies for us, because we're like we're there, like we're the same age. But I remember mm-hmm. watching Super Bad for the first time and thinking this could end up being a classic comedy, but it's also something where I felt like the juniors and seniors in high school, those getting ready for college, they would have. Loved it so much more, their appreciation for it might be deeper than our appreciation for it. It's just one of those movies that I've watched, I've probably seen Super Bad 10 times in my life, and I don't like rewatch it all the time, but it's something I do like to watch from start to finish. And it's something that every time I go back, I notice something different and I, I just like it more and more.
1: No, for sure. And, and it's, you know, 10 times, I, I feel like you got to pump those numbers up, but uh, it's a uh, yeah no for sure it's just it's something that's definitely grown on me especially with all these little like comments and stuff that that just went over my head especially with the the two police officers and mclovin yeah and how and how they just vibed at the end where it's like we always knew you know it was a fake id but it's like we saw our young selves inside of you and so we wanted to take you and i was just like man why has that never happened to me honestly right but it's just so close to home where i'm just like you know because now i see you know being a little bit older now you know from freaking almost, what, 11 years now? Mm-hmm. It's like seeing, like, younger people, it's just like you could see, like, you know, your younger self and other people, and you're just like, you always want to take them on your wing now, and I'm just like, oh, feels so at home.
0: I think the first time I saw that movie, I remember seeing it in theaters, but I remember oh, wow. being shocked that, like, the Christmas after it had come out, my aunt, got it the dvd of it for christmas for me and i thought like my parents this is not going to go over well but i it was kind of like a low profile gift and it wasn't something that i would like if i watched it i watch it with friends or i watch it by myself it's not a movie i'm going to sit down with my parents and watch the movie with um but it's for sure it's, it's, at, at least at that time <laughs> right, right 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 but what i'll definitely say is it's you're, you're so right like there's so many like one-liners there's so many quotes there's so many elements of the characters that are in that movie that you can pick okay do i have I, I can i identify with this do i know people who are like this have i been at places and have surrounding environment wise that are in those movies and it's it's a yes for like really all of it. it could be like the typical just kind of like party scene it could be the typical like conversation just trying to like figure things out like in life or it could just be the excitement level of the uncertainty of like hyping something up whether it's like a party like asking someone out and going to do certain things. And that movie did it so well. And it's a movie that I feel like just stands alone.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I think that's why it almost stands to the test of time where it's like, we've all been in those types of situations and had the same type of feelings. And it's always fine to like make jokes of it, but it's like during the moments, you you know, it feels like so much pressure and anxiety, but, you know, and I think that's what really, you know, made it instead of just like a, a one-time comedy movie that you just see, and you kind of forget, and you're like, oh, haha. You know, there's a lot more personality to it than you know, it was on the surface and that's what i was uh, referring to earlier it was just like you know being older now and reflecting on it you know a different mindset it's just at first i didn't like michael sierra you know mm-hmm. i was always about jonah hill and i'm just like you know he's the man that's what really drove the movie but then like when i get older i was like michael sierra you know there's just yeah. so much happening you know you're just trying to like get through life and hit the next stage and it's just you know, it feels like it's never gonna come. And then when it does come, you feel like you mess it all up and it's never gonna happen again. You right, you know, and it's just like then you find you really find your true self and you become happy essentially. But
0: right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's so true. I, I think back with the like it's the little things in that movie, like it could just be in class on a Friday, the whole day like hyping up, what's the move this weekend? Like, what's the move tonight? Like, what's going on? Do you see that girl today? Like, what's her deal? What's going on? And but then that main obviously the main two being Seth and evan being jonah hill and michael Sarah, but then you throw in mclovin or as one of my like good friends of the podcast my friend stefan anytime he sees me he'll say mcmuffin and uh <laughs> and like that movie and then like bill hader and seth rogan who are the cops and seth rogan coming up with that idea when he would have been a, a little bit like on essentially like our age and he was working on that movie with his like writing partner and that ended up being like their, like their epic. And the fact that it's a movie that kids who are at the age that Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah were in that movie can continue to like get passed down and just the relatability and like the, there's also like a, a nostalgia thing too, but I think the relatability will continue to, to be there for generations to come. And it's a movie that like, if I'm on an Island it's, if I'm bringing 10 movies, that is without a doubt, not only at least one of the comedies that comes, but one of the ones, like for sure, no brainer before I consider one of the other movies on those lists that I would bring.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Cause I mean, it's, and it's such like a, a trying time in your life, getting done with like high school and like going off to college and, you know, and like you said, Fridays are all about what's the move and, you know, whose house is open and, you know, what, what are we all going to do? And, you know, that mentality, it's just, it's, it's hundred percent relatable even though it's like funny, but yeah. it's like, it's more, you know, like in the fields than, than, you know, what you realize. And I think that's what, you know, Seth Rogen just really pumped it out. And, you know, it, it, it felt like not a, like a, like a rush movie, but it was just, you know, it was, it was more of like a thriller. Cause you never knew what was going to happen, especially right. with those two. And like, and the scene just kept getting better and better. And you're just like, who comes up with this stuff? Honestly. Right. right. It's just, you know, and, and to make light of it too. You know, I'm not saying the the past is horrifying, but it's like when you rethink about situations and how you thought they were gonna go and, and how they went, you're just like, man, I, I can't believe I was thinking these type of things. Or, you know, right. I thought this was cool or that. And, you know, just trying to show off to people, and you're just like, man, it's you know, it's a totally different age. And that was like, I feel like right before like, social media and everything was taking hold, the internet. And so, like, that was like the last wholesome, you know, where like you have to talk to people and, and be active. It's not just like, oh, how many likes am I getting? You know, what's people seeing what I'm doing? It's like you really have to put yourself out there. And, right. And be a part of like the community if you want to be with the community.
0: Right. I feel like that crew, before we, we move on to, to Tarantino, that crew of Mick Lovin, Seth, and Evan. When like the girl that Michael Sarah likes in the movie, he's like, "Oh, what' you do this weekend?" And he essentially was like just like so much dope stuff. like I was doing all this dope stuff. They went to like a, Evan's parents' house for a party and hung out and they were just like watching movies and stuff. People can kind of like grow up and experience things at all different various times, but we eventually find ourselves along the way. like like you said, god I don't know. I just the more and more I think about it, it's it's so different than those like we' we're, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday so tomorrow night, Friday, what's the move? Like there are, there could be people that will have a Seth and Evan type night tomorrow. And then if they haven't seen the movie or they find it along the way, they could go through similar experiences and just be like, I'm happy there's a movie that exists out there that I can show people or, or watch just to just have like a reality of, like movies like that
1: exist for sure and, and i think that's why it, it hits home so well because you know we've all been in the situations of seth and heaven where it's just like you know it's just kind of the bros hanging out and you just gotta live up those moments because you know they don't last forever and you know there aren't they ain't always going to be there so it's you gotta take them while you can and you know enjoy it while while it's happening because you know when you look back on it you're like man i, I wish i did more weekends or you know hung out more and you know and now it's just like when you get into the grind and everything else of like becoming an adult and it's just like you know you, you start becoming you know you start having regrets even though i want no regrets tattooed on my chest right, at all. of course but, right of
2: course.
1: you know but so that's you know it, it, it just and i think that's why it's such a a good movie and so many people know about it because it it has that you know it's, it's almost like the simpsons how like the simpsons have lasted for so long you know, because they always, you know, at least in the first like 13, 14 seasons, it was always like family values and they never portrayed that. And I think that's why it's it stuck with people for so long, because it's just reinforcing what what you already know. And it's just like, you know, almost seeing a, a mirror image. And then you can always correlate, you know, those type of experiences to yourself. And, and it just makes you feel better because you don't feel alone. And, right. And I think that's what really helps the most.
0: Yeah, I love it. I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's a good kind of ending point for, I guess, the, the first half of, of the show. Uh, for those who haven't seen Superbad, I don't know how, but if you're hearing this for the first time, if you're a faithful listener of the show or you find the show along the way, this is definitely Superbad is a classic. So hopefully you can uh, find it where you find your movies and sit back and enjoy the show. let's start with when it comes to music Mm -hmm. since we have known each other okay so summer of 2015 in in the year lord through through the time today
3: make it sound like we were 65 years old talking about back in the golden days
0: (laughs) (laughs) i we're recording this on a tuesday but Back to the age, I am 28, but I live my life like a 90-year-old. I got to put out that trash bucket yesterday. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, it's and and then tomorrow night, I'll put out the recyclers. It's, it's okay, it's a thing. It's great. Yes, thank you.
3: Am Since, I keeping you up? Past no, it's.
0: It, it, okay. you know what? It's closer than you think. Um, <laughs> of the years that we've known each other, mm-hmm. what concerts stand out to you as your favorite? And we'll start there.
3: Well, first and foremost, I have to say, you floor me with your taste in music, especially Latin music. That caught me by surprise. Every time we have a conversation, it will land up into speaking about a lot of Latin, you know, music, Latin artists. And it floors me how well-versed you are, almost a little more than I am Okay. with the Latino culture. And that mm-hmm. does a lot um, because, you know, I am Latino. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so um you being a little bit more versed is kind of a little slightly embarrassing but good for you oh god but as far as you know it's funny because you mentioned this uh my favorite concerts but it's hard to do that when you're an employee and you're a spectator at the same time because if you ask me in the employee realm like which was the best concert i'm gonna go back to things that Don't even have to do with the concert, you know. But being a fan per se, I do have a few, and it's more for different reasons, you know. Like um, the BSB and NKOTB stands out because it's nostalgic, right? And you know, there was a time where one of their first appearances at Amway, way, I mean, you weren't even there, way, way, way. I remember boys to men coming out and surprising the crowd. They weren't a part. They were not a part of the original, I guess. Backstreet so They just, okay. Yeah, they just came out. They were in town. I think they were in town for the Food and Wine Festival. Um. And they just popped in and started singing, like, End of the Road. And we were just floored. It was one of the most crazy, you know, Gosh. experiences um, that I remember just, you know, starting off working at Amway. Um. So, yeah, that's that was one cool concert. Mark Anthony always of stands course. out for me because, A, he's been there Like seventeen times, I don't even think that's an exaggeration. I think I'm pretty close. I
0: think it's like ten or eleven.
3: Exactly. So yeah, yeah. and that's only at this Amway Center because he's been here before at the old arena, right? Um, so he's here every, I mean, every year. Um, but what's crazy about his concerts is that basically it's the same music. I mean, he's had a couple, obviously, new albums and things like that, new songs that have been really catchy, but, um. He'll play the same songs. Yeah. almost It's almost the same exact set list. So maybe throw a couple of, you know, we'll switch a couple of songs around, but it's usually the same thing. And the crowd is packed every single year. Yes. That to me amazes me. So he will always want to stand out as one of my, my favorites to go see, not only because of his vocals, but because of the music and the way it sounds at the Amway. The only thing I didn't like per se was when he came with marco antonio solis
0: i wonder if that's when i was there it might have been maybe one of the
3: first maybe and the thing is that, and not to to not to knock marco antonio solis but usually if you have a collab you know it should be almost the same type of music yeah and it's not
0: <laughs> different vibes
3: so, I feel like you know, literally everyone in that audience was either there for him or Mark Anthony, it wasn't like, Oh, I like both of them, right? You know? So, it was kind of like you'll sit there because Mark Antonio Solis was first, so you sat there for whatever his 15 20 minute set, and you're like, Oh, okay, great, when's Mark coming out? So, it was right, kinda, right, to me, that was an awkward, awkward kind of match,
0: yeah.
3: Um, and apparently, I think it's because. Mark Anthony just really liked Marco Antonio Solis and they just went on a tour together. But yeah, that was one of like an awkward kind of matchup that I would say. But yeah. still great. You know, like I said, still great music. I'm trying to think of others, man. Jay-Z. Of course. <laughs> and what was cool about Jay-Z was, and I was working. I didn't attend. I was I was working that night. What was cool about his concert was there weren't Pack of dancers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there. I mean, yes, it was a spectacle of the production style because it was awesome. But it was really just him. Yeah, you know? I don't remember him having. I don't even remember there being an opening, honestly.
0: If it was the November one when I was yes here, mm-hmm. there there was an opener. It was Vic Mensa. I because he comes. He's from Chicago, and I knew him kind of like early when he was kind of like just getting started out. So, mm-hmm. and I think Jay Z was had. Different openers for different cities and stuff, it's not just who happened it to be.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But no, Jay-Z for sure.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: His Orlando show that November of 2017 or eight, 2017, I think. 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember not to discredit his wife, <laughs> but I think
3: the almighty Beyonce.
0: Yes. The Queen B. <laughs> the solo Jay-Z at Amway center stage, no obstructions, right. crazy. Cause bringing it back to Mark Anthony and then I'll go back to Jay-Z real quick. Mark Anthony has been there every year since I have been there. And I've only missed one mm-hmm. out of loyalty to one of my best friends who got married on that day in North Carolina, because I physically couldn't make both in the same day. But I can honestly say it has been primarily the same set with the exception of maybe two or three songs and like, removed or put in. Right. But one of them, like Marco Antonio Solis open for one, Carlos Vives open for another. The other one was a stand-up comedian. And the other two right. I think were just Mark.
3: He always brings a comedian.
0: Or maybe that's okay. I, mean, I yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but with Jay-Z, I can only think of five or six people that have had a center stage since I've been at Amway in any sort of capacity.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Luke Combs. Right. The second JT, Bad Bunny, Jay Z, Mark Anthony, and.
3: There was no Jason Aldean, wasn't it?
0: No, maybe um, Eric Church just happened. And I think that was a center stage. One of my friends went to that and I saw videos. But I think maybe. Oh, J. Cole was one of them too.
3: Oh, yeah. Last, yes. Let's
0: not talk about Right, right. That's fine. That's- but, but. <laughs> The the center stage shows I love There's, obviously more people can come in the building, but I mean right. just from like a facilities aspect and just thinking, but what you said to begin with, and then I'll we'll definitely go back if you have more okay. shows that are highlight your list. It is a completely different experience. You going with your husband or your family to a concert or you're working.
3: It's right. night oh, and day. Night and day. And oh, it's yeah. hard
0: for me, it's hard going to sporting events, not necessarily in Orlando. Mm -hmm. and looking around at the people especially a basketball game Mm -hmm. and seeing the people who are working how much are they moving during an event what are they doing does it does it am i in the same mindset you know it's but then i've gone to magic games or i've gone to other events at amway when i'm not working and it's very hard for me to focus
3: of course you can't turn it off can't turn it off you cannot i remember going to a concert and someone just was passing by me. She's like, Hey, do you know where the bathroom is? And like, automatically, my voice chippered up. My, you know, my hand signals were like, Yeah, you just go right down the over there, yeah. by the, you know, by the concierge desk on the left hand side, you know, like it just you can't turn it off. And my husband's looking at me like, What are you doing? Right? When I attend these events, and it's just, you know, I don't that's know hard. if it's a good or bad thing, but it is what it is, and that's life right now. Yeah, I'm an Amway and Orlando Magic employee. I,
0: I think. Mark Anthony, and then he is the one event that I know we always talk about, but just the one event where some people, probably coworkers or people we've known over the years, they're like, oh, he's here again. But then
3: right? for me, they don't get it. They don't get it. I mean, when walking in, you know, like I said, we've been on the flip side of, of being an attendee and working. Yeah. When you walk into the building, when they're doing the sound checks for a mark anthony concert for me it's like man it's i just feel so proud of my culture right. and and the music and 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 you know being able to express the music that way it's just it's it's completely different like i right. said it's it's so cool to be on both sides of the equation and i forgot to mention bad bunny
0: mm-hmm.
3: was so much fun to attend. Yeah. it was just I mean, there were people there. I, I thought it was going to be a younger crowd, and it was for the most part.
4: Mm-hmm. But
3: there were grandmas there with their kid. I mean, it was just across the board. And then you know, usually with which concerts, there's a certain kind of style of dress or there's sure. a style of. It wasn't like that for Bad Bunny. It was you know, ladies in high heels and dresses, and then kids with sneakers and t shirt It was just so cool to see that spectrum of different people within that building. It was, yeah, that was really cool. That was yeah. very cool to see, I must say.
0: And and he's someone that's definitely that we, you know, at least for the years that I've been there, because I know you've been there longer, we've really sort of seen the rise of, you know, him from beginning to where he is now. Right. As someone who...
3: Right. He was an opener for someone. Wasn't he an opener for someone? The
0: first time... So I Ponce ever.
3: Rico. That was the first time that he
0: I, he might have come just before that, or he came after that, where it was a Sunday night, and he completely sold the building out without one song on the radio. Without right. there was nothing right. on the radio.
3: You're right. Yes. So he did, he
0: did mm-hmm. a solo a solo thing, and then him, Ozuna, Wisin y Yandel, Alexis Fito, like that. And I'm missing people from that from that lineup, but they mm-hmm. came for the Hurricane Benefit. Right, Right. And then the next time, Bad Bunny came. It was like April of 2018, April of 2019. Your memory. And again. just insane. And I remember it was center stage. The stage was amazing. The set list was incredible. And then he just came twice. And then he'll come again in August with Camping World. That'll okay. be a completely different experience. But the Did crazy thing. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Sorry. 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 Really? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be. It'll be new album. I'm yeah. telling you, it'll be all the big like okay. stadium banger songs. I think they'll probably be some of the songs from the set that we saw, you know, yeah, the, uh, there were the some March. songs
3: that were missing. 100%. That were songs that I, yeah, you're right. And I, he never said, song, song. he did not sing Callaita. Right. It was like one of his first, I guess, cross the border kind of, you know, the border, that's not a good word, but like sure. cross. you know, um, mainstream. That's right, of, right. Right. Um, so yeah, and Mia, when he did that on Jimmy Fallon, right? You know, that was one of the songs in Puerto Rico. Again. Correct. Right. right. Once again, that crossed him over. He didn't sing that either. So I'm. Mean, yeah. I'll take your word for it. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And I
0: think it'll be special because it'll be the first show of the tour. Period. So we're going right. to be going into something where, like you know, for us, if we don't have a, a set times of, of, of if a performer who's coming for a show that they have openers like the headline or like what time they're going to go on. And then if we don't know that, then we can kind of look at a set list and we kind of, kind of think like, okay, well, you know, the, the time, like the the length of the show could be this long. The beauty of the show in August is that we are going to be going into this and we're going to have no clue. And I cannot wait as someone that is very like structured, planned out, you know, that worries me, but I will not worry when,
3: it's exciting. It's I cannot, so yeah, I can't wait.
0: Exciting. Um, but, I also forgot to yes. mention, yes.
3: another concert that was under the radar, but what was fun for me was Daddy Yankee and Don Omar.
0: I had just started
3: when they came together, it's just yes, when they came together as, and like I said, usually when there's a collab with artists, you know. Sometimes it's like, oh, I like this guy, but I don't like that one. I'll sit through this part and, you know, wait for, for my artist to come out. But it was so cool the way they messed together and they sang all their hits. So you yes. weren't, you know, s- sitting on a couple of songs because you didn't like it or whatever. It was just hit after hit between both of them. I mean, it was a lot of fun for me. Once again, you know, most people wouldn't think that would be their top 10. But that, like yeah. I said, for me personally. Yes. You know, it was nostalgic. It was music I was listening to in high school and things like right. that.
0: So Now, now, Don Omar, Don Omar. I need you briefly for the okay. for for the listeners of the show live on set.
2: Okay.
0: Educate me on Don Omar. Okay. Because going into that show, mm-hmm. I probably knew confidently like two songs. Two songs. Mm-hmm. of 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 Don Omar, daddy Yankee, completely different. This is a mm-hmm. man that partially raised me. so so with 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 Don Omar, it would have been the laeo the collab with right? Um, with and Ramos, right? and mm-hmm. then the biggest song on the radio at the time was Don kuduro so mm-hmm. like, but then I'm trying that was my first not I, not only first year, that was like within the first couple of months of me being there period. okay. Because I remember starting, it was...
3: I know it was in August because it was near my birthday. I remember that clearly.
0: Okay. So it would have been like Ricardo Arjona, Janet Jackson, Mark Anthony, and then Daddy Yankee. And Don Mar. Those are my those are my, I'm telling you, those are my first four concerts.
3: You have amazing memory. because Right. Fantastic.
0: Insane. But <laughs> I remember that being the first, that and Mark Anthony... I mean, I think Janet Jackson had been sold out too, but those were three huge, huge Mm -hmm. shows for me to start. Yeah. And so it it was just crazy. Well, see, that's
3: the cool thing about it is like, you know, some of these concerts you never pay for to actually go and see, but the fact that you're going to work and you'll be able to experience these people, right? it just, you know, is amazing. Right. I remember as a kid loving Janet Jackson and then... Working her concert, I'm like, dang, that's amazing. You know, I grew up with this artist. So it's, it it really has been a blessing.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay.
3: So Don Omar.
0: Yes. Tell me briefly. Yes.
3: The reason why you know Daddy Yankee more than Don Omar is because Daddy Yankee did the crossover with, you know, like Gasolina and things like that. And those are the songs that everybody knows and pretty much um, introduced reggaeton to the rest of the world, you know? Right. Don Oman was more, he was also one of the pioneers of, of yeah. He was, you know, there in the beginning, it was just, like I said, Daddy Yankee was the one who, you know, branched out and, um, you know, opened the ears of the so Latinos, you know, within the country. So there, there you go. So then you start bringing, then you start recognizing, oh, this guy, and then this guy, and then this guy. But yeah, Don Oman um, has been around just as long, pretty much as everyone else. Um, but once again, the only reason why you knew of him later was because of the Fast and Furious song. Yeah, You know what? <laughs> so that, Correct. you know, right. and then he also became a little bit more mainstream, too. Um, but obviously not as, as popular as as Daddy Yankee. As right. simple as that, really, they all, you know, came up around the r- same time.
0: It's it's crazy. Now you said Fast and Furious because now you know, they're filming Fast and Furious 10. But that's, let's take a moment to recognize Don Omar. Mm Mm-hmm. Tego Calderon. Mm
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Osuna Baby. (laughs) Tyrese and Ludacris. So, and then I think someone else, but I, I, one of my favorite people that has ever existed in the entire world told me when I had first met her, she was a huge fan of the Fast and Furious. She said, Austin, when it started the first movie, it was about the cars. Mm -hmm. Now they're Avengers. (laughs) It's crazy. Never forget.
3: Wait a minute. Now that you mentioned Avengers, did yes. you know or have you heard that mm-hmm. bad buddy?
0: <laughs> uh, stumped on my own show. Coming did- January 2024. That was the biggest news of the day. Yes. Insane.
3: Now Latinos have a superhero.
0: Of course. <laughs> and it's, it's gonna it's buddy. gonna be within that Sony. <laughs> Sony Marvel Universe and the character has like a wrestling background, and he's obviously so big into that. Shout yeah. out Orlando to begin with. That's right. Um, but this is just the beginning. He's gonna be in a movie with um Brad Pitt. It's called Bullet Train. The director I heard of that too. It's I think it's gonna be Netflix. And the director did, I think, the first Deadpool. And it's supposed to be like this visually insane thing. And Bad Bunny, he's in the trailer, he's very much a big part of the of the movie. Wow. So this is the just the beginning, I'm telling you maybe he does movies for 10 years and he comes back and then when when he when he tours in 2032 not only we're selling our cars and our homes to go to the shows but everything (laughs) to our names (laughs) and then sitting up top (laughs) it's insane
3: oh my god i don't wow i mean he's really come up in the world isn't he wow
0: yes okay daddy Yankee, Don Omar, we talked about him mark anthony of course do any other shows on your list stand out before we, we go to the main topic
3: I mean, there were a couple of ones that were surprisers to me. Like I, I knew that Bruno Mars was going to be a great show, but right. I didn't expect it to be the show. It was, right. it was amazing. I mean, he, the man is an entertainer. Sure. The singing, the dancing, the playing the instruments. I mean, that was like one of the shows that blew me away. I think some ones that definitely stood
0: out for shows that I would have worked that I just completely, you know, obviously anyone that's playing the arena is established in some way, shape, or frame. Right. Mm-hmm. Either they've been around for you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, or they're, they're sort of on the rise now and they're playing arenas. Mm-hmm. And three shows for people that I know their music but have not attended a show of theirs, I've worked a show of theirs that completely like floored me. Either I was a believer in the hype but didn't ex- experience it really fully and respected until I got there and lived it, Right. Or I guess that's be the best better to describe it. You already said one of them. It was Bruno.
3: hmm. Yep.
0: Two. Pink.
3: I think I, I think I can name your third one.
0: Who is my third one? Is it Sia? No. People always think it's Sia.
3: Were you not overwhelmed? I, I I word? went to that
0: show. Her voice was incredible. Vocally, it's one of the best shows I've seen ever. Okay.
3: All ever. Right. ever. I, I'm bad. I was wrong. So what was your third one?
0: And this is, I don't want to say, you know, it's not slightly, it's definitely like not controversial, but it might've just been the break in between when they played together before to when they played, because it was the second show of their tour. Okay. Jonas Brothers.
3: Oh my God.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm not, okay. All right. That's gonna do it for us on Live on Set. Thank you so much, to Jessica. This has been
3: i thought an episode it was I've been working on for
0: about years now.
3: It was very anticlimactic. I was yeah. waiting for something bigger. I'm sorry, no,
0: because like all the other like people that I would have that I feel like you know that I just bucket okay, so list shows that I wanted to see. I mean, I would have so been able you're to work
3: a go. that. You were happy with the Jonas Brothers, yes, or you weren't oh, okay, yes, uh, okay, yes, yes.
0: yes. There's I'm trying to think there were three shows that I attended at the arena before I worked there and 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 met you and and, and the crew that stand out as like three of the biggest shows that I've ever been to in my entire life. Okay. Little Wayne I Am Music Tour 2011, first concert ever of all time.
3: Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Throwback.
0: Taylor Swift Speak mm-hmm. I was pausing for like I think it's like it was a Speak Now tour. That was insane. I went right right before I went off to college.
3: She had two back-to-back concerts, right? That was that?
0: Uh, We have no way of knowing. Nothing could possibly be done. Um, (laughs) Yes, I think so, probably. And then the third one being where we're going to start here and we're going to go with this. Okay. The 2020 Experience Tour, JT, (laughs) as we record this April 26th in the year, our Lord, (laughs) 2022. (laughs) That was definitely, and this is another question to kind of start us off. Is that the longest concert that you've ever gone to or worked
3: wait 2020
0: yeah that was three hours intermission okay
3: let let me let me be clear oh yeah yeah i was <clears throat> not there yeah for cool. good reason
0: cool cool, cool, cool cool for
3: very good reason
0: yes yes yes
3: i was not able to work or attend that concert because i had just had a baby boy nice um, but shout out to my peeps who gave who called me on Facetime during Crimea River. Oh. Um, I will never forget that. That was one of the besides the birth of my son, one of the happiest.
0: <laughs> oh sure, of course. I mean, of course, of course.
3: <laughs> um, but no, I was not. Well, what I did end up doing. Um, my husband took me to the concert in Miami mm-hmm. with Jay Z and Justin. Yes.
0: How was that?
3: Um, It was an outdoor concert. Man, it was... First of all, the concert started... Stadiums? Late. No, it was in MetLife. Correct. It was oh in the MetLife. Oh, my Life. God. Yes. It started late because LeBron James was in attendance and he was not there yet. So they held off the concert till he arrived.
0: Oh, my God.
3: He was police escorted. To, I'll never forget that. He was police escorted to the MetLife stadium. Yeah. Um, so it was, it started late, but it was awesome.
0: Wow.
2: It
3: was, it was, you know, what they had, that was when um, suit and tie.
0: Probably suit and tie, Holy Grail.
3: Holy Grail. Yeah. That's one of the, the opening, you know, uh, songs they did. france and I was about mm, seven or eight months pregnant. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it it, 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 it was a great concert. Like I said, he, it was a good collaboration. They, Justin would sing in a lot of, you know, a lot of the vocals for Jay-Z's songs. And it was just, it was a cool collaboration. I must say. Nice. So I was able to see that, but I did not see the 2020 experience in 2013, Ooh. December,
0: December. That's true. <laughs>
3: yeah. So
0: he, I'll never forget <laughs> bringing another thing that you got to do, which was very cool. Involving around, it probably would have been when you had Noah. Mm-hmm. He plays amway because i remember i drove all the way home a day early from christmas break so i could go to the show my mom and i went to 2020 we go to the show that was like a wednesday or a thursday and then that saturday he's the musical guest for jimmy fallon hosting snl
3: okay yes christmas so christmas. do you yeah. want to
0: tell the brief story about meeting jimmy fallon
3: do you, you and jimmy fallon
0: no you and jimmy fallon
3: you mean that i met jimmy fallon yes yes once again when i was like eight months pregnant sure <laughs> yes, I. Okay, so I get the phone call from my husband. Long story short, my husband used to work for West Two News. This yes. is when Jimmy Fallon was making the crossover from Late Night with Jimmy Fallon to taking um... Tonight Show. Yep. Correct. Yes. So he was doing promos all over, and my husband calls me. He's like, "Hey, guess what?" I'm like, "Don't toy with my emotions. I am pregnant." Right. He said Jimmy Fallon is coming. I said, "Stop." lying right he said no he's coming here to Orlando to do promote his show yeah and I said I don't care what you have to do to get me into West Studios right but I will be there (laughs) right to meet him right and um you know I always tell the story it's so cool to like you know hear about people and see that they're Oh, you hear that they're cool people when you actually meet them. And he was so down to earth. He was, Hey, Mm -hmm. he was super excited, you know, about me being pregnant and whatever. But it was, it was definitely, I was a fan of him beforehand, but I was even a more, a bigger fan after the fact, because like I said, he was totally cool. Whatever. Anyway, that's beside the point. Let's go back to. Sure. (laughs) Yes. I I met Jimmy Fallon.
0: There you go. Um, No, I mean Jimmy is obviously one of my favorites ever, Uh, and of course JT. But yeah, 2020 experience. I remember, you know, like JT for me growing up was, you know, in sync, right? In sync and Backstreet Boys were the two biggest things, and Britney Spears, you know, the three biggest things that were Mm -hmm. going on in the world, right? Right. And with JT, the thing about that 2020 experience was obviously, you know, he had taken that almost a decade long break. He was doing you know movies and stuff and he was the biggest guy and the triple threat and all these different things. And then, so he comes back and he's literally decked out suit and tie three hour show comes out to, comes out to push a love girl. And Mm -hmm. it was just this whole thing. And it was truly one of the i would probably say like two or three shows in my entire life working or a fan ever Mm -hmm. that was a truly an experience okay it was this three-hour show it was beginning to end it was the moving stage it was the songs that were performed it was the i don't want to say dedication to the craft because i've been lucky enough to see him twice and I felt the same way, you know, both times seeing someone who not only is is one of my favorite, you know, pop culture icons, but favorite musicians of all time, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to see him for the first time. And it was a beginning of things from the beginning to the end of what we were out at that time.
2: Right.
0: That was very special to me. So with, with JT. And then that kind of being like his big solo return. And then it was like this whole global tour and he went all over the world. It was like a whole two year process. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's just crazy that. I was able to see him in a place, but then two years later begin to work there and then see all these other shows and do all these other amazing right. things. Right. So it was crazy.
3: So what Fencing. about the, um, other concert?
0: Yeah. So the other concert man of the woods, I will respect the name and respect the game, but a very very loyal person has done things for me in a way that had never been done before. (laughs) And I can confirm, and this is true, all true, that the deal has been made with the devil (laughs) and I will never, I will never be able to have an experience like that at a show ever again, unless I am the one physically on stage, (laughs) which will never happen. So, but that that show was so different. That record was so different. It was, I think, as you said, like in interviews and stuff, I remember because he was doing these snippets and we were talking back and forth, like when he dropped when he dropped supplies and he dropped filthy and he dropped all these things.
3: To me, the production value of that concert was it was it wasn't like nothing else. Do you remember the grass when they did the camp? Yes. I mean, that was just so the grass just waving in the, in from the stage, and they're just like by a campfire. I mean, that was just right. It was really just different. It was so cool. Right.
0: It was, I think, I mean, I don't want to say I think it was it was a shorter set than the 2020 experience. But I think he, he still did all his hits. He, he still did all the hits, yeah. all the new songs he wanted to do. Right. I think he is someone who really stands alone, like in the history of um like music as a whole or pop music as a whole of just some of those just pop icons that just has the audience in the palm of their hand. Right. And I know that people in other genres can do the same thing and have done the same thing. And people talk about all these people for like forever that do it, mm-hmm. but JT forever, you know, huge for me and hoping, you know, at some point this year we get, we get into music.
3: I hope so too. Yeah. Uh, Cause we need
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk NBA. I know. Do you go to Charlotte games? Because I know your team is the Spurs. So, because I have so many Spurs yes. questions, but uh, do you do you go to Hornet games?
5: Yeah. So, a little backstory: Charlotte girl, true and true. But the familia is down in San Antonio. Amen. So, our household is big into the San Antonio Spurs. And, um, we do go to Hornets games when the Spurs come to town. So that's, that's about, um, we will go, we do have a family connection for the courtside seats. That's always fun. So we'll do that Whoa. every so often, but you know, the Hornets kind of like the Panthers are, it's like, we're such a transplant city here in Charlotte that most of the time you're going to those pro games to see, you know, your team from your hometown or whatever. I so know. a lot of Hawaii fans I think the Hornets are moving in the right direction with getting like their own fan base, especially now that they're incorporating like the retro nineties, you know, Muggsy bows, Del Curry, Hornets vibe back into the arena, which is fun. But, you know, I was sad when Kemba left that he was, you know, a big part of the community. And so, I mean, they've got some good pieces. I think they just need, you know, people to stay healthy. They need, they don't really have a true big man, but, um, I mean, obviously I'm a huge NBA fan, so we'll go as much as we can. Nice.
0: I know, so round two coach, Steve Clifford, who went Charlotte, Orlando, Charlotte, a couple of times I've been like fairly close to Clifford at at games, love going to games, but the one thing that I liked about him is he'll tell you straight and he's all about, you know, defense, but you know, Charlotte has some exciting players and and Lamelo has a huge fan base but i cannot relate more to going to magic games especially growing up even when we had dwight and we were in the playoffs consistently and you know dwight also briefly charlotte Hornet, shout out <laughs> yeah but all 45 minutes or however however long he was there <laughs> but uh, to be i mean, serious there are so many lulls that the magic have had and i've been through and through love them just as much as i did as a kid than i do now where there are people that will go to see the best player on the opposing team um, and then kind of just back on the fact that like the tourism stuff with Orlando, you know, you know, people would plan a trip out of it, hit the parks, you know, see their team and, you know, bounce, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I think, I think Charlotte right now as constructed, I think they have a chance to with or without, you know, mile bridges at some point, or if he's going to be done entirely, like LaMelo is so good. And like the hype obviously was big on him and it's, it's real. And he's backed it up. He's an all-star. Um, But I'm curious to see, you know, some of the other pieces that they can kind of put it together. But a healthy Gordon Hayward will help a lot, too.
5: Yeah, and you know, if if Ball doesn't get this superstar syndrome that so many of the young guys have of I need to go to a big market and you know I want to be on a super team. So if he can stay and you know create something on his own, I think that would be really cool.
0: Yeah. So I, I I have a lot of San Antonio Spurs questions, and I think. For you being very like open, perfect podcast guest, but being very open with how you felt about the Panthers and then going into like where the Spurs are, you know, the San Antonio Spurs are without a doubt one of low-key, the most successful like NBA teams ever. They have arguably the best coach that has ever coached in a sport period with pop. But the one two, three punch of Tony Parker, Manu, and Tim Duncan can never be repeated, but then also for the fact that David Robinson had also played for that team in the past. And there's so many good players, and you can't forget Kawhi, who's the best basketball player that has ever existed in the history <laughs> of anything ever. Um, and he's Kawhi is so funny too. But what, what what are some of the San Antonio Spurs memories that that stand out for you?
5: Oh man, there are literally so many. I mean, just within the past few years, like the Hall of Fame you know, induction with Timmy and with Manu and then retiring, um, Parker going back to retire with them. They just have brought so many great memories back. One memory that was pretty funny. I think it was probably 2012. We were in the Western conference finals against the Grizzlies and I got game five tickets. My aunt, had like a hookup. And so I was gonna go to the ATT center. So I literally bought a flight. I'm like a college kid. I have no money. I like drop all this money on a flight, go to save my family. We end up sweeping the Grizzlies in four games. No. And so I didn't even get to go. That would be my only playoff game. Still have not been to a playoff game. Mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, obviously I was excited for that, but I just ended up going to the ATT center and just like spending all this money on like, you know, Western conference champs gear and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other playoff memory was probably Manu's last season. You know, the behind the back block against James Harding was awesome. Timmy hitting the three against the Suns in like 07 to go to the finals. And then, of course, the heartbreak of 2013, you know, Ray Allen, wherever you are, I hope you're listening and i hope you know that you made me cry a lot and broke my heart as yes. well as a lot of other people that night and then the revenge tour in 2014 so just timmy and manu and and parker and just how they just paved the way for younger guys and were great teammates i mean honestly you do not see team basketball at like that anymore with with you know all five players playing a role and we had some heartbreak too of you know, people leaving like Dejounte Murray. He was my guy. For him to go be in the Hawks with Trey is, I mean, going to be pretty deadly. Yeah. So that was hard. Like Lonnie Walker, what even happened to him? He's like right. not even roster anymore.
0: He had one of the most coolest hairstyles coming out of Miami and going with like the whole yes like Fresh Prince. But then I think he went to Miami. But then he. You know, it just didn't click. And then, so he's, I think he's on the Lakers now, but then Derek Bassell, um, shout, out, shout out FSU. And I think they just ex- exercised his option today. So, you know, keep killing the game. So Yeah,
5: I like him. Trey Jones, he's another NC boy. Um, and then it seems like we're building our squad around Keldon Johnson, which, you know, love him. Yeah. Um, again, we've seen a big guy. We have Jakub, who's great. Um, some other white guys, probably like three other random white guys that are centers. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's definitely hard, like the Panthers. Hard to be a loyal fan, but that's the difference between you know bandwagon fans and and true fans. So you got to kind of stick it out. Yeah,
0: no, so true. I think going back when you were talking about Lamelo briefly in Charlotte about you know can he build off of this? Can he not have the whole superstar you know persona thing? And he can he start something special in in, in Charlotte? Like there are so many people, regardless of of the sport, for the. Like, I mean, Tim Duncan was number one overall pick, you know, I think within the first year or two in the NBA, they won the championship and then had success really in every decade that he was on the team. But regardless of what sport, basketball, baseball, hockey, football, someone that lives up to the hype in that first contract and decides to stay, you know, Damian Lillard is doing exactly what Tim Duncan did and put that entire situation on the map. And, you know, I'm sure obviously there are people like back in the day, like, the Bill Russells and all those people that were on those Celtics teams that obviously stayed and stuff, but like free agency wasn't that big back then, not as appealing, right? But like Tim Duncan is like so unique and is one of a kind, and also by the way, the best power forward that's ever played the game. Amen. And, and I know, and he went to Wake too, so another North Carolina. He went to he went to Wake, right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. another North Carolina connection. But you know, I, I think like the NBA is changing, but one of the constant people that uses like their narrative and their platform for good is always popovich and he's always been that way Mm -hmm. um but i i know that it's it's really cool that you know you and i can share in common like our, our love and like passion for sports but then like most importantly like one of like the foundation like athletes and fandoms that you have undying loyalties is to like a legitimate connection to tim duncan which is which is awesome but with with orlando we've had some people who like have been number one overall picks have been very very good but have not stayed you know long term so i've had some trades that we were expecting you know you know went the other way but then also ones where i wasn't expecting that like you said you know the tears and it breaks your heart and all the things but that's what just being a fan is you know but i I think that with the those Spurs teams were so special because like you said with 2013 2014 with the heat right they were all about this big three d wade bosh lebron king james right but then look at what the Spurs had already been doing. And then the whole smart, like small market vibe, they're just not giving them the love that, you know, if they were in any other city, even slightly bigger market, not even a, you know, a LA or New York kind of thing, like they'd be all over them. But, you know, they're just top to bottom, just really good team. So yeah. and we're, they were so fun to watch too. For sure. But when you get into sport vibe, do you follow, like, follow any college football teams at all? Or is it all just, like, is, it, is your main two, the Spurs and the Panthers?
5: Yeah, I mean, I'll, like, keep up with the Tar Heels, especially, like, during basketball season or whatever. I feel like living in North Carolina, you have to choose between the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils. So yep. um, I don't really have a connection to them. Um, I, like, was obsessed with at Ham when I used to play soccer. So maybe that's my connection.
4: True. But,
5: um, yeah, I mean, not so much, like, football, You know, it'd be nice if High Point could get a team, then we could have someone to cheer for.
0: Yep. I remember when we would have started school in the Slane bookstore. Mm -hmm. Shout out, I think Barnes and Noble, they had some merch in there. There was a t-shirt that said High Point Football Undefeated since
2: 1970. Yes. Yeah, so
0: that that's somewhere in the house for sure. <laughs> but no, I was I was flipping channels today and there was a high point commercial, which is really cool. And that campus has changed like so much. But you no, know, from going to that school, shoot, twenty eleven to twenty fifteen, right? I think mm-hmm. I Love going to all those sporting events and especially the basketball games where there was so much heartbreak, but then so many like fun vibes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I'm getting the heartbreak all over the place with the sports with the teams that I follow and love. So, so like what else is going on? I know we talked volleyball earlier, so are you still coaching? Is that something you still love doing?
5: Yeah. So I'm coaching high school, junior varsity, mm-hmm. so freshmen and sophomores. We are undefeated. Whoa. Yes, doing big things. So that's been really fun. And I am playing as well. My husband, Wade, we play almost every weekend. Um, Nice thing about Charlotte. Well, obviously, you know this in Florida, but we have quite a long outdoor season. So we'll play sand. We'll play grass. We actually just played in Greenville, South Carolina. We'll travel around the area sometimes to play. Um, We played men's uh, doubles. And him and I did, and we got second place. Nice. So that was pretty exciting. We got the um got a nice payout. You get some AVP America swag. So nice. yeah, we, we play as much as we can. Um, Wade is older than me mm-hmm. and his joints definitely are taking a toll, especially when we switch to indoor. So I'm giving him a hard time about that. That um he's getting a little too old, but the goal is to play together till you know we can't till 60 70 or whatever.
0: Sure. I think the one thing, so many amazing memories like with our our like our friendship just so many memories of playing beach and stuff and and grass kind of came into the scene. I'm sure it existed you know, like for as long as we've been friends and like like predating that as well. but minimal interactions, but grass is so popular down here. I mean obviously beach is huge too, but you know I growing up played beach to really like condition as I was getting ready for indoor. But I started playing beach when I came back from college and some leagues and stuff, and it was kind of like the, it's not necessarily competitive, but then when it would start, it would get competitive, kind of like co-ed and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there is a very, very big difference of playing volleyball if it's fours or six or whatever beach, just to get people to play. There's a very, very big difference. And your patience level is tested if you're on a team with people that have never played volleyball before, and then people mm-hmm. have, so like you get it, the ball's coming over and you have a system, right? You know who it is. If it's just you and Wade playing two on two, or you have a whole thing and it can get like frustrating. Right. But then also kind of like taken to a fact that, you know, like people are trying to have fun. So it just kind of gets like fussy and yucky. So I love playing volleyball. I love it. Like, I mean, I think honestly more than I ever have, but I don't play as much as, as I want to. So but I honestly have never given grass a try. So if you recommend it, then I'll try to get back in the game.
5: Grass is great because you can jump, but you're still like in that outdoor mindset with like, you know, the no open hand passing and then the no open hand tips and stuff. But I've heard that like, if you're a true indoor player, then like grasses is, is what you need to get into versus beach. Cause you've never felt so slow as you do when you're on the sand court. Yeah.
0: And I think, I mean, I get it. Cause like, when we were encouraged to play really like condition on a beach court and then work on things that you wanted to get better at. So you just had the reps and the experience going into getting ready for indoor, but it was all about like, for me, obviously I'm not your textbook hitter or blocker or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was exclusively like defense except for a little setting here and there, but I, I totally respect the people that will take the time to play beach to get like just legs stronger and stuff and take it in because then you'll definitely feel it or you'll see that the hard work kind of pays off when you play indoor. But like, I played indoor for so long and just I've seen people like one of my like really, really good friends, his youngest brother just started at Limestone. So South Carolina, I think kind of closer to where you guys are. And there were some kids from my high school that went there as well. But, you know, like the game has changed. Very much, I think, especially with you know, it's it's it. It was very clear for me that it was more than just bumps that spike, like getting started, and how the game has like evolved. But it's so much faster, and people are so much like bigger and stronger and stuff. And it's encouraging because volleyball is a sport that might not get as like might not as get might not get as much love
5: mm-hmm. as it should.
0: But when you play it, it's so contagious. So um,
5: absolutely. Do you watch much of the AVP beach?
0: I try to a little bit. My my parents, I've probably watched more than I do for sure. Um, but if anything, I'll watch like college will be on um, mm-hmm. and I'll try to catch some stuff. And I had a classmate of mine growing up in high school who played at Florida and she was one of three um, sisters and they've all kind of gone through and stuff. So I, w- I used to watch when they played because I, I knew them. But and then I had a, one of my really, really good friends growing up. He was our captain for club and high school. He played in college and he was on the Ohio state national championship team. I think that won the year after we finished at high point. Um, so I watched so much more than I play, but I fractured my wrist 2019 playing. And then by the time kind of COVID came, I could have like gotten back into it. And then I waited almost a year for COVID to chill. And then I played beach again. So, but I probably haven't played volleyball in two months, which is very, very unlike me. So
5: you come out to Charlotte and yeah, no. some tournaments.
0: I really just miss like playing as well. I know how much fun you guys have. And um, I'm, I'm curious to see not just competition like and stuff, but I know you and Wade keep killing it. So I know I got to do my homework before I come up and play for sure.
5: And, you know, every tournament you entered, depending on your rankings, you get AVP points. Whoa. Yeah. So you like have to have like a member ID, everyone gets their points. So, I mean, we have a lot of points, so I, I don't know if you what? could like, be in our level. No, 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 no. You definitely have to have at least like 2000 points. Oh, whoa, I have zero. (laughs) So, um,
0: but I love it that like you keep playing. So is it, I'm trying to think here. So when is it going to get too cold to play? Cause I know we're October. So will you play through October? Yeah. So
5: we're actually, I think going to enter a beach tournament at the end of the month but typically they'll start like indoor leagues. They do like four on four leagues, women's and men's. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, the other big thing here is um, Revco. Do you guys have that in Florida? Uh, Maybe. So it's um, reverse co-ed is what they call it. And it's a women's net. And so only the women can attack on the net. And then the men have to attack behind the 10 foot line. Whoa. Yeah, and so like no guys are blocking. It's and you know like girls serves are so difficult. Like yeah, like the float serves on the low net. Yeah. So it, it's um it's really fun. So they they'll do four v four Revco tournaments a lot indoor here, and then we've actually played some beach tournaments that are Revco. Like the one at the end of the month is going to be Revco. And so Wade has gotten really good at open hand cutting. So he'll just like throw it up on the net, and the rest is history as they say
0: love it i gotta look into that because i know i'm just so much like more comfortable in the back row so that just makes me probably more inclined to play more we would actually be a
5: really good team together
0: yeah no i'd love it i'd love the floor i'm trying to think the last time i even played in somewhat of like a tournament vibe oh man we're getting old 20 13 maybe like they have some that's almost 10 years oh my god i i know (laughs) that they have like these semi-pro teams that i've had friends of mine really good friends of mine that have played and consistently played like florida wave it's what it's called like florida wave and stuff but the the one thing that I, i like the most about volleyball is that you can kind of like get back into it you might not play the same as what you used to what the level was but once you get into it you're like you know you mix it and you're having fun playing and that's what I kind of get back I need to get back in the game for but Revco I gotta do some homework yeah but I love that I love that so if you had to pick right now if you had to pick indoor beach grass and you could only do that for a year (gasps) what would you what would you pick
5: don't make me choose
0: do you think you and Wade would say the same thing or is he
5: no, 100%. You I would say beach.
0: Okay. I, like I would everything say, has
5: its own perks. So Yeah, I'd probably say grass. Yeah. Yeah, for for the year. We're yeah. hoping to invest in a net. And that way we can just kind of go wherever, throw it in the trunk and go play. So, right. yeah, grass is super fun. I mean, I play women's triples and I set. You'd be proud. Whoa. Net and I block. um, And then we'll obviously play a lot of co-ed, but... Yeah. It's just a fun sport and it's literally any age, like I'll play against 18 year olds and then we'll play against like 60 year olds. So it's just, it's just a great community and it's a lot of fun.
0: Love it. If you like look back, did you do any coaching before you, before we would have met, did you coach at all or were you, you would have been like full-time player? So when yeah. did you, when did you kind of catch the, the, the coaching bug?
5: So my first job out of, college, taught middle school, the high school across the street had a vacancy and it was either like, you know, me or like a parent kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So I got into that in 2017 was my first year coaching, Mm -hmm. coached junior varsity Coached varsity high school for two years after that. And then now I'm back to JV. So yeah, it's been like six years, which is crazy. But it's fun because like, you're still like, I'm still competing in the sport. So I feel like I'm kind of like have a foot in, you know, both doors where like, I'm not truly removed from it. And I I, I get what it's like to be in the girl's shoes, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's been fun. And I think moving forward, I think Wade and I will probably coach somewhere together. So that may be fun.
0: Love that. I coached 6th, 7th, 8th grade for the kid my kid my friend my his youngest brother um who's at Limestone now so when I would have come back from like we would have finished up at High Point I coached like those teams and just had like a blast and um and then also basketball once and I think I'm good for a little bit with basketball so <laughs> even though I love the game love the game but love to uh, watch Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. So it's very hard for me to coach basketball when I personally did not see the benefit in playing defense. After that's just not not my scene. But I will not. I'm not a ball (laughs) hog. If I have the ball, I'll dish the rock. But not playing defense. Play defense.
5: Defense wins championships.
0: (sighs) That ain't me. That ain't me. But no, I I I love coaching so much. If I had the opportunity to kind of get back in the game, I would for sure do it. Absolutely. But no, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been not just one of my favorite episodes of the season, but my favorite episode ever. I think there's only a handful of times that I've ever gone so long that we have from seeing each other in person than recording he- an episode. We're we'll Zooming So I Can See You, which is great. I got to see Wade too, which was, which was great. But I know that I've had some episodes that have gone the other way where I've seen people so frequently and so often they come on here and it's just like, eh, whatever. So, <laughs> but no, this has been so good. Thank you so much for coming on. What I was getting into, and what we'll talk about, is the Sopranos became what I feel like now saying publicly, and what I've been saying privately, is the best show I've ever seen.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Oh, so, yeah. but let's talk. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you liked about the show, favorite character, least favorite character, and let's let's get into it.
6: Oh my gosh. Well, we're definitely going to talk about a lot of spoilers. So yeah. <laughs> people beware. But. uh the the show to me is is like like a comforting blanket almost like mm-hmm. I view it as something I can watch all the time and I never get tired of it because I hear it's been debated as whether or not it classifies as art which I think is so funny mm-hmm. so Sopranos of the show to be debated on if it as if like if it's art right yeah but um, I think. It's cool how all the characters start off a certain way, and then you really watch them grow. And I, like I had mentioned earlier, that show was not afraid to kill people off. It is about the Italian mob in you know New Jersey, New York, in you know the two thousands, and it's such a beautiful timepiece too, to me, like that era that we remember growing up in and i i draw so many similarities with a bunch of things culture Mm -hmm. um you know the fact that you know tony and carmella get divorced like my parents were divorced just little things like that Mm -hmm. i feel like i watch the show and i learn something new every time and i relate it to my life you know the therapy it's so interesting that this man you know, the first episode, the pilot, Yeah, we can start with that because that's the beginning. And I remember it took me a few times to watch the pilot because I think it is a very different show and you, it does, it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, but the cool thing about the pilot is right from the start, you're, you're kind of just transplanted into this family's life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're seeing Tony with these ducks and it's this burly man who is like a gangster and he's obsessing over these ducks in his pool, which is something everyone talks about. But yeah. but when you really look at it, it's beautiful. It's such a good, you know, good symbolism and whatever. And, and I think that the cool thing is that the show has many themes, but when you watch the pilot and then the last episode, you can definitely see the connection that the show is really about family. Family. And I think that's so beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's so true. We were talking like earlier when we kind of get into what our our favorite episodes might be. And it's one of those shows where the show ran from, I think, 1999 to 2007. So that would have been, I know like we're a year apart, but I should have really been in your grade. So mm-hmm. we, we like our, our upbringing, like year wise, we live like the same life. And there are so many similarities to that show that you can look back and yes, I got into it, but it would have been, I watched the entire series, what, two years ago. So the show would have been off the air over a decade.
2: Wow. And
0: the fact that I could watch a show like that and feel two things right off the bat, there's so many core values of everyday life that are in that show. It's, it's just that the main character and what his, really his lifestyle is, is the opposite of the lives we live. But there's so many stories about like gangster life and mafia life. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that show is so relevant that if it were on TV today, I feel like it would be just as big and probably bigger because social media wasn't a big thing then. Like the biggest social media platform would have been towards the end of it would have been MySpace. So it's insane. But (laughs) that show, one of, it's one of my favorite, if not like the favorite pilot of any TV show ever for me, but you take this, the captain of the ship, you take Tony Soprano and you see him, what he's like off the field, on the field, but then you put him with Melfi in that therapy session. And you're like, this is who I am at like at the core. Here's, here's what I'm struggling with. And she is be able to successfully break down this King. Yeah. And I understand that everyone lives different lives, but we all put like our shirt, our pants on the same way. And relating it back is the first episode you see Tony Soprano and his boxers in a robe going out to get the paper and he's going outside and he's looking outside like everybody else. And it's just, it, the show is so beautiful and it really kind of starts with him and that element of, of family. And the funniest, yeah. the funniest character, one of my, I mean, I'm not just being stupid, but one of the funniest characters of all time is season one, Anthony, just being stupid at the house, like getting yeah. pissed off because big Z is like big Z is not going to be brought to his party. And he's just kind of like that, that chubby, funny kid. But in terms yeah. of a character arc who you meet season one until the end, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a total, that that's one of like i think the coolest story arcs of the whole show not saying he's like my my favorite or my least favorite character but that pilot is so good because it gets you into what this is going to be and then you're just along for the ride with the family
6: yeah i totally agree the family pun intended right (laughs) that's another thing that i totally love about the show is i mean you know my uh Better half Cody is very into just lingo in general. And (laughs) we have extracted so much, so many words from the soprano, like gagoots and you know, just all these things. And I think that's so funny too, because oh my gosh, one we always use agita, like Mm -hmm. instead of it, you know, being anxious, like agita. And speaking of funny words. Not my favorite character either, but an interesting character that I actually heard David Chase say was his favorite character to write for, you know, Anthony, or sorry, Junior Soprano. Right. Because he just had so many good one liners and just was so funny without trying to be. I mean, you're watching like very serious men in their suits and talking about killing people. And, you know, Junior Soprano is so funny. And I think that's so funny.
0: (laughs) He's definitely one of those characters that stand out as he's lived this life and he knows it so well. But when you're watching the show, he doesn't run, he doesn't like run run the game anymore. And there's, he's definitely like those one-liners. He's on the older side, obviously. But he is someone who... Um, Cause I know there's going to be like a prequel, like the many saints of Newark, like that movie that comes out. Mm-hmm. So, which I yeah. what will follow, like whoever plays the younger version of him will be in it. I think we'll see more of like the young Tony Soprano and the, mm-hmm. uh, the Christopher Moltisanti's father, like that side of things. Yeah. But um, no, he's definitely one of those like pillars of the show for sure. Oh, yeah. But let, let's talk, who's your favorite and your least favorite character. And then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll go from there.
6: Favorite character. It's hard because I love all of them so Mm -hmm. much. I loved Adriana and Chrissy's relationship. I was so heartbroken with that kill. Yeah. Oh my God. I love uh, Furio, just like silly characters like him. Great. Yeah. I love, you know, Meadow. I think that I hated her in the beginning and then I loved her um, at the end, which I think is cool. That's a nice arc, too. Yeah. Uh, And then Carmella, even. Same thing with her. I would hate her sometimes, but then there were some episodes like Whitecaps when they're they're getting they're about to divorce. Basically, that scene was oh. so incredible to me. Yeah. So I made me love Carmela then, but ultimately I really feel like it's Tony because, I mean, before I say that, Dr. Melfi too was super cool because right. she was such a badass. Like it was cool how they portrayed her character so real. Also, like she develops you know, alcoholism, which, I mean, she's a therapist, and they're being so real talking about, like, her struggles with even seeing Tony yeah. as a client, and, but anyways, yeah, Tony, Tony I love because I find myself sometimes even thinking, like, oh, what would Tony do in this situation, right. he just, I mean, even he has great lines, too, that you take away, and, like, good insights, you know, but... I also love that he was an anti-hero and he was yes. a villain and you really love him, but then you really hate him. Yeah. And I think that's also a really cool part of the show.
0: Right. I love uh, that. That breakdown is for the people that watch the show that really get into it. I don't feel like anyone could disagree with that. You see this guy who in the first episode, first couple of episodes you meet his family. So he's a father. He's a husband. Yeah. And father of two, he's a husband. Mm-hmm. And then you see the life that he lives. So mm-hmm. Silvio, who's a great character, what his quote unquote, not nine to five, because what his his job is outside of being like in the game mm-hmm. is he just essentially he runs like a, a bar and strip club. Yeah. And so and he is someone where that would be one of like the like the cool hangout spots for their territory. So you're presented with that life of, yes, all of these people have husbands and uh, uh, almost all of them with the exception of, I think Bobby Bacala have a Gumar. So there's just so much that's going on there, bringing like that lingo in. Yes. And, and, and what, what, what's so kind of, I can't disagree with you is Tony was that anti-hero where he goes through some highs, he definitely goes through some lows from the pilot all the way to the last scene of the last episode, the series finale, mm-hmm. you go through so much with that family and you go through so much on that ride. And it's emotional thinking about Tony being the captain of that ship because you see him go through all of these things that are just ethically and morally just wrong. Yeah. And he, he does it to keep up not just street credibility, but the family and and, and what that that lifestyle is. And mm-hmm. I think my favorite character and we kind of, we touched on it is, and I said this, uh, I think on another podcast I did earlier in season one, Hmm. it's Carmela Soprano. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's the glue. She's someone who she can tell you where to go and how to get there, but she also is someone who exactly. And, and I feel like she was not just, one of the strongest if not the strongest female character of any show i've ever seen but she's the strongest character possibly ever for any show that i've ever watched not like physical strength because that'd be the mountain from game of thrones and we'd be talking about (laughs) sports right now but she is an absolute powerhouse and the way that they work off of each other when they're married when they're not when they're going through some things when it all comes together yes they love their family they love their children But there's times you empathize or like sympathize, excuse me, with Carmela Soprano Mm -hmm. with she might have knew what she was getting into when she might have been like dating Tony Soprano. But when you get to that point, when you're around all these people that are gone in the snap of a finger, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you can't relate to her when she's like, I didn't sign up for this. This is not my life. This is not the life that I saw for myself, for my children, for my family. Which makes me go into, I guess, who my least favorite character is. And I don't know, like someone that's on the show the entire time, because my least favorite character is Ralphie, because I can't stand him. I cannot stand Janice.
6: Oh, God. But. The worst. God. She was terrible.
0: She's so, I'm sure she's pleasant in real life, but on the show, horrific, but. My least favorite character on that show, Chrissy. Oh, really? That's his. His highs are high Mm -hmm. and his lows are lows. And I just feel like he is that, like he is the ideal textbook, flawless supporting character. Mm
2: -hmm. And it just
0: kind of like, it kind of like outweighs it where I just like, I could not, over time, I couldn't stand it. And like Michael Imperioli who plays that role and I know Cody loves Goodfellas. He, his like first okay. break was in Goodfellas too. Yeah. He is someone that I grew to, I think I grew to hate. That's like when I was in the audience, because you see the way that he lives his life and he's supposed to be like the next guy coming up after being like Tony's kind of like, like mm-hmm. heir to the throne and yeah. just like the power gets to the head and he turns into this monster. Yeah. And yeah. It it, it, and that's what I was thinking about, like off and on when we started going here, and and Mm. that's what when this goes out, like I'm not gonna go back and change my answer. Like (laughs) I think I think it's it's him and like that show, the people who were on it the whole time and the people the supporting people, like Ralphie and Janice, I significantly less than Chrissy, but yeah, Christopher Multisanti from top from someone who's in every season and he's one of those powerhouse He's he's I think he's my My least favorite because of what he symbolizes.
6: Let me ask you something. Did you review Chrissy almost now, I guess, right? Because you watched it now, almost like a representation of our generation. Yes. Kind of going up against the old generation, the baby boomers. I mean, how, how can you not, right? So I, so it, it doesn't surprise me to hear that he would be you know, Elise's favorite character. He's, he definitely is disappointing at the end. I mean, after he was, after he turned on Adriana like that, I could not believe that, you know? I mean, it was so hard to watch him beat her up and, you know, all those things. Like I loved him at first. He, he does kind of come off as that little brother energy. Right. And you kind of, are enamored by it and he is you know the the ladies man and, yeah. and all that but and he has the great fila sweatsuits
0: right right no that's that <laughs> whole vibe for sure paulie paulie yeah. and chrissy can rock those suits for sure yes
6: but <laughs> yeah that i works. totally get it i mean like that's why tony kills him i could not believe that
0: yeah that 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 was tough because from going into the Sopranos right after game of Thrones, I was like, okay, there's going to be some characters who it might come down to the last episode that people like are, are no longer there. And Adriana, obviously she doesn't make it to the last, make it to the last season, but she was a very real presence on that show. But then Chrissy going out with like two or three episodes left. I'm like, when that happens, all I can think about is just Tony. I know. I was like, is, is the King going to go down?
6: yeah and
0: and it's one of those situations where god that's I, I love that question you asked about comparing christopher does he like resemble kind of like us and yeah he, there's so many things you can kind of like put into like what that package could come out like that being like christy is right he, he's the hot shot
2: mm-hmm. he
0: he knows he's he's very in tune with what's going on he does whatever he wants and he i don't think he cares and and really kind of is willing to own up to the accountability of his actions because as he says many times if people mess with him or he just k- kills someone to do it or he gets in the fight with someone or if someone tries to kill him he'll say that line of do you know who i am do, yeah. you know wh- wh- do you like do you know who i am yep and it's the target on his back got bigger and bigger and bigger and the person yeah. that took him out of it yeah. ended up ended up being the king which is crazy
6: it's funny you brought up that how he was in goodfellas because I love how he ends up shooting someone in Game of... Or in The Sopranos. But in Goodfellas, he was the one who got shot. Right. It was cool. It was almost like you wonder, did the writers kind of do that on purpose? But actually, Chrissy became... A, or Michael Imperioli became a writer. So yeah. maybe he did kind of sneak that in there as a little reference. I love that.
0: There, I feel like there's people who... And it doesn't have to be Game of Thrones. It doesn't have to be The Sopranos. It could be movies, TV shows that you could love, I could love that we've never like talked about, but there are right. certain people who exist that were born to play certain roles. And yeah. if I could pull the two out, it's it's James Gandolfini for Tony Soprano and it's Michael Imperioli yeah. for, for Chrissy. And wow, he yeah. plays that role so well, it's like yeah. the, it, it's hard because, Tony and and Christy, they're on the same team that whole crew that whole family right. is on the same team.
6: Mm-hmm. But
0: Christopher is never the main villain in any season.
6: Right. And he just has yeah. that
0: thing that he's kind of like it's just like this building up, building up, building up, building up and then you get to that resolution and it's kind of like a relief. Yeah. Because it, there were so many things that that went wrong along the way in regards to him and the people he he interacted with and then obviously the ends the end. So.
6: Right. I agree
0: do you have who's your least favorite
6: least favorite
0: (laughs) or a couple of them it it doesn't so I know we talked about Janice Janice I just couldn't stand and I understand why she was necessary how she needed to be in it yes she was technically related to Tony but she's just one of those people like it just drives me crazy but go ahead yeah yeah go
6: I sorry I I just thought about it it has to be Livia right (laughs) (laughs) I mean oh god I I actually was hearing that David Chase wrote that basically about his mom. So that was like his mom in real life. And I just can't imagine having a woman like that in my ear. (laughs) But that was such a, I mean, she played the role so well because you really just hated her. And it's funny because you have like, again, I bring, I feel like I already brought this up, but I mean, you have Tony Soprano, this boss man. Being tortured by his mom that's so relatable to mm-hmm. so many people and I think that's so cool how he is this villain but then they humanize him with all these different life things right that affect right. everybody right um, so everyone relates but but yeah oh my gosh she she has her own one liners oh. too that just kill you or I think also I I kind of brought this up earlier too but she so many scenes with her where it's not a funny scene, but it ends up being hilarious. Right. Like when she runs into the old lady. Oh, my God. I mean, that's so bad. But you can't help but like cry because right. she just literally ran into this old woman.
0: <laughs> Th- that and then definitely the the kitchen going, going up in fire for a second. <gasps> like, that's definitely not good. Right. But when I think back with her, like we're laughing about it, that woman did not smile the entire, her entire time on the show.
2: Right. That's and crazy. It,
0: God, it's so relatable of, yes, our parents trust us out. Yes. It's times where, like, I'm trying to do something like stop asking me questions. You're going to like, it's just, I don't want to snap. Like, I'm just, please let me do my thing. And yeah. the fact that you take this guy that is your, it's so true. Like that, like verbal kind of like chirping or torture coming from this one person it, it eats at you and but at the end of the day it's his mother yeah
2: exactly. so
0: it's it's hard to she was on the entire first season I know she passed away yeah but, and she's in that one I'm not sure if you caught it one of my friends who just started yeah. watching the show she's in that one thing where it's kind of like now we know it's fake but like in 2000 it just maybe we might not have like seen it where I don't know where they cut that from it was, it was like a deleted scene or something but.
6: Yeah. It was weird. Her head looked weird.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely something where it was maybe it was one of I don't know, like a necessary evil, but it was a necessary for a show being such about family with Tony's father being mentioned. But we never see him. Yeah, the mom had to be involved somehow. And I like the casting choice and, and her performance was great. And it's just something that really kind of just had to be in the show for it to yeah. kind of be the whole the whole family vibe.
6: Oh, for sure. I completely agree. So yeah, that was definitely my least favorite.
0: Okay. (laughs) Do you have a favorite episode?
6: Oh, yes. Well, I have, I mean, like you said earlier, every episode is so great, but I think apart from the last episode, because I really do, I think that probably deserves its own kind of speech, but the episode that i love is pine barrens and yeah you're gonna say the same thing (laughs) yeah because i mean it's just so it's it's its own little like short film almost and it's so genius i think it's so cool that steve buscemi directed it yes and then he comes on the show later on and i just everything about that episode i'll let you start and i'll just piggyback off you because i love everything about it
0: that it's i love how you said it's like kind of like a it's its own movie yeah in the sense that you have Polly and chrissy out there in the in this frozen tundra and at that time for where we get into the show we are faced with they're doing like the task of what they're told to do because they don't run the show but then Polly who's older who is more established and has been there Chrissy like the rising like the rising king Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where both of them at any moment and this is not near the end of the series run I think it's like sometime in season three at any moment and they and and they get into it are one of them going to kill each other or are they both going to die out there because then I was thinking like, okay, because the season three we had the red wedding, Robb Stark is yep. gone, Lady Catelyn is gone, and everyone else at that wedding is gone. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something where I'm like, okay, I just watched this show. It was it ran the same amount of seasons as as The Sopranos ended up running. Thrones did, and we yeah. get in we get into this this episode. It has very similar vibes to like the second to last episode of the season, like Thrones did. So all of the craziness goes down. And then that season finale, it picks up the pieces and it sets up the future. And I'm yeah. like, it gets to that point that we're once it be, it gets to the point where it's going to be nightfall out there. I'm like, someone's not going to survive this, and I can't <laughs> believe they both did. I know. And that episode is so beautifully done. And when they try to get a hold of Tony, it's really just kind of like on the tell. It's, it's kind of like on the phone, so the yeah. main character is not going through the absolute chaos that's going on. And they're out in the wild. And if they don't shoot, punch, stab each other, the cold will kill them. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's it's crazy, but it, it's something that I would have gotten into that season within the first couple of weeks of watching, not trying to binge something because I knew what beautiful what how beautiful the show was and what I was going into. Yeah. But then getting into that episode, and I'm like, over time, I was like, this is by far gonna gonna stand out. Yeah. And, like the right. second, third, fourth episode of the first season, I was like, God, that pilot was so good. But then you get into it and you get into everybody. You kind of be like, I like this character. I don't like this character. But when you get into that episode when Pine Barons is season three and you're like, two of these people that piss me off, but they're also funny.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is insane. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, yeah no,
0: Pine Barons, like for sure. I know we were talking before we started recording. I was like, let me get the name of it real quick. And I'm yeah. like, this is a no brainer. <laughs>
6: yep. Yep. I think, uh, yes. I mean, to start with that episode, I think it is so funny. And again, I think it's so genius how you don't expect it to be funny. But the, the terms of the game became different in that episode, right? Because they're lost in the middle of the woods. And they're two gangsters, you know, lost in the middle of the woods. They are going up against this Russian man. <laughs> and that is so, it's so funny to me how the cell service was not good. And so the communication between Polly and Tony ends up being so funny because Tony's trying to warn him that this guy is a serious ex-military level, you know, person. Right. And Paulie understands him saying that he's an interior decorator, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> just little nuggets like that, I think, kill me. And that's why it's it's such a good episode. And then, yeah, the, I mean the the filming of it itself—you know, how it's just in the woods and then it snows, and they're stuck in this van, and they're talking about eating this ketchup and Tic Tacs and. It's great, and I and I also like how the characters become like you see them at their worst. Yes, and and it you know what it kind of reminded me of Um, the Shining Uh, Um, because you kind of like Chrissy goes a little mad in the woods, and then Polly just turns kind of into a little baby.
2: Yes, (laughs) Um,
6: you know. So I think that was really fun, and and then how it ends, you know, they get rescued and, and Tony is like, Hey, you got some mayonnaise on your chin. <laughs> like, Oh, it's just like, to me, that was like the mic drop. It was like, right. you dropped the ball, dude. Like, yeah. you're, you know, you're messing up.
0: Right. You have this, like you said, like this ex Russian military guy, Russia is cold all year long. Like, exactly. I know they have the sun, but not like the sun we have in Orlando. And yeah. They're out there and they go from wanting like Polly and Christy wanting to like kill each other. They don't care. Like they're looking out for themselves. Like it comes very close that when it comes down to the end, like you kind of you kind of hear like that saying of when it comes down to the wire, you're gonna see who you truly are. Right. They did not care what happened as long as they got out of there. Yep. And so this guy, this ex-Russian military guy, clearly has the upper hand because of the situation environmentally and what's going on. But then also the, the back and forth between Polly and, and, and Chrissy, like, it makes the episode, they're in the car, they're freezing, they're trying to do, like, they're just trying to survive. <laughs> yes. And then, and then Tony is kind of like, yeah, I'm here to rescue you, but by the way, you gotta just fix what's going on here. Like, this is just not yeah. good. And
2: exactly.
0: that's crazy. Yeah. I, it's, God, I haven't watched that episode. There's only, there were a couple of Game of Thrones episodes that mm-hmm. I watched more than once. Mm-hmm. The day of the series finale, I had watched the first ever like the pilot of Game of Thrones ever but then Mm -hmm. I also as the show went on a couple of like the ninth episodes of seasons Mm -hmm. but whereas The Sopranos I've seen the first episode I think two or three times Pine Barrens once but I watched the finale twice
2: okay yeah
0: but it made me not want to get into a new show that quickly because I'm like I will always compare a show to the sopranos. Yeah. So right. let's talk let's talk finale. How would you feel when it was over oh. and and then we'll 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 go from there.
6: I think to start with that last season I I can't remember too much the 6A, but 6B I think it was so well done. It was so smart. Talk about complete opposite of Game of Thrones. They did not... I didn't feel like anything was coming out of left field. Like, I feel like they tied up all the loose ends. But the beauty of it was that they did it in a way that you could take from it what you wanted. You know, they didn't just... People, I think people get really upset about the last episode because they didn't just lay it, you know, completely uh, write it out for you, like very clearly, right. you know? Right. And, and I think that bothers people and I get it to an extent, but you did not want to see Tony die. You did mm-hmm. not want to see him get um, caught by the FBI. You know, how else were they going to do it? I mean, if you watch... The episode again there's so many little details you know even you know when it opens up it's like tony laying down and there's song playing on the radio it's like organ music Mm -hmm. and it looks like he's in a coffin right and they're alluding to it the whole last season that someone's gonna kill him and i think it was so cool i mean Them sitting in the diner, him with his family, the way that the POV would change. And Tony was checking who was coming in the door. And then the last thing he sees before he, I think, gets shot is Meadow, which, you know, it was just... I watched it, and it gave me so many chills. Mm -hmm. Every time I watch it, it gives me chills. Yeah. That episode, I feel like deserves to be called art because you can perceive it how you want you can watch it you can I think the only thing that to me is fair to argue about with that episode is who kills him right right because they that's the fun part about watching it is you're watching it and you're like who kills him and then you know I have my own theory about who kills him but everyone else does and that's the beauty
0: right it's (laughs) you, you see all of like these gangster kind of mob things, either Sopranos or not. And if someone gets set up, it's like, a, it's like a whole like sting thing. Like it goes black, like don't stop. And then, cause you know, that's Meadow. She parallel parks, she runs across the street. She goes, that's the door. Right. And Tony looks up, the onion rings just got there. Carmela and Anthony are there, but that guy comes from the bar. He goes to the bathroom. But then you think, I think the table to the next of them, it's another family, just like yeah. background extras or whatever. You, we have no idea on the other side of that place. Are there undercover cops in there? Is that guy a cop? Are they going to kill him? Or are they right. are, are they going to take him away? Yeah. But I'm watching it. I heard the finale was crazy. There were no spoilers, nothing bad. So you didn't know, right? I did not know what was going to happen. Okay. Right, Which is great, which is great. It's the way that I don't like spoiling anything for anybody. But I'm watching it and it goes, don't stop and the screen goes black, and I'm hitting my the space bar, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then I just had, like, I had tears in my eyes. I was like, I I, know. I have this whole, but like, not right away. Like, it's, yeah. it sets in for a second, like a minute or two minutes, and I'm just thinking, and I just like, look up Is I go through this journey. I'm with this family. I'm watching it on my laptop, which is so against what I believe in, because yeah. I'm a movie guy. I see movies in theaters. That's my whole vibe. Right. And I'm sitting through this and I like, I have tears coming down my face. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And it's so frustrating. Like that ambiguous ending, like does Mm -hmm. he survive? Is it just metal walking in? He walks up and then she'll come over and they'll just have a normal dinner and they'll go on their lives. Is the guy going to come out of the bathroom and shoot him? Or is that guy a cop and there's other cops in there and like, Tony, you're gone forever. Let's go. But I, I could not have, I don't know what my reaction would have been if that guy came out of the Came out of the bathroom, shoots Tony in the head, his family is there, and Meadow walks in and sees it. Right. Like, and there's other situations that it's so cutthroat of people mm-hmm. live and die in that, in that, in that game and in in the mafia lifestyle, where yeah. that just would have been like a regular Tuesday night, bam, you're gone, done, over. Yeah. And it's just like he's it goes back to the anti-hero thing and it goes back to what he symbolizes and the love that you have for him over the course of that series. And then it just, it just ends. And we, we don't know and all we can do is like think. So what do you think happens?
6: I mean, one thing that I think is really cool about that ending is that it was pretty similar to how um, like Silvio got shot up and then Bacala got shot up. Yes. And it was very public and, You know he was even that scene when bakala gets shot he's at the train station thing or buying a little train station and it's cutting from him to then the killers and then they shoot him up and then he falls into the train thing and the the train you watch it like fall into this abyss it's so symbolic and so cool very cinematic yeah um so so when i watched that last episode i felt the same thing like my reaction was almost like yeah like a yelp right yeah. Where I was like, oh, it's over and mm-hmm. it also made me think wow i mean that's death it's so abrupt you know and then it just ended so right. i i thought he died I, and when i watch it again i still think he died but i love you know being able to still entertain the other Thoughts like you know, maybe he got caught or whatever, something else happened. Yeah. I think it's still plausible. But I also think that they even in that episode, like he visits Junior, you know, and Junior had shot him, so so he hadn't seen him. It seemed like he was tying up, you know, his loose ends. He visited Janice, his sister, and it was so crazy that it happened in front of his family. We would never have been able to watch that. We didn't right. want to see that happen. Right. So yeah, I just, oh God, it was just so great. I think they they killed it. They, yeah. they literally killed literally it. Literally
0: killed it. <laughs> Bobby Bacala is one of my favorite characters ever. The man loved his trains. And there's just so many good scenes of just like Janice being ridiculous and then him just coming into the room, just being like, Janice calm kind of like gentle giant person but he's he's involved in this game that if he's got a job he's gonna do it one of those episodes where it's I think it's Carmela and where the out like at the lake oh yeah that's a good episode so good it's Tony and and Janice are related they're siblings but there's not a lot of love there it's more it's more chaos than love and what the whole you hear that whole thing of like opposites attract. Like that's not yeah. Bobby Bachalot. Like that's not his first marriage. We see that his wife passed away early on. He's got kids. Janice, she had was like with Richie, and then she was talking to other people. And you just really there's so many characters that embody people that could be in your life, and my life. You see yeah. them in, in various types of like movies and TV shows, and it all comes into one like so flawlessly. And yeah, I, I just don't think and I, I love going back to time. I love that shining analogy because the fir- uh, uh, comparison, excuse me, because I watched the shining for the first time in like 10 years over Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was, I know we live in Orlando there. just haven't been as many cold Christmases. Maybe that it would have been a little bit cooler, yep. but it was cold one day. And I was like, I'm going to oh. watch the shining and you oh. just see Jack go insane. And Great. I love, I love that comparison to Chrissy, but that, yeah. finale, that, that finale, it brings out a lot. It's the tying of the loose ends. It yep. still has that family vibe of, it's been a long day, a family just going to dinner. Hey, hi, hey, Tanya, how was your day? Like, what's going on? And Anthony is there talking about a job and he had gone through some ups and downs. Meadow, Parallel Park, she's coming in yeah. and you have like one of those, like we talked earlier. Don't Stop Believing by Journey is one of the most iconic songs of all time. And it has forever changed what I think about when that song is playing. Like if someone's getting married, it could be like, I want to dance with somebody. Whitney Houston's the last song. Like there's so many weddings I've been to like that, but then it's one of like a queen song or like, Don't Stop Believing where you go to a bar. It's one of the last songs of the night and you're at a bar filled with people. You might know two or three people there, but everyone knows the words to that song. Yeah. And now whenever I see that, Especially if, like, if I'm with some people that watch the show, like, when it comes up, we look at each other and we say, don't stop. And then we don't say another word the rest of the song. Yes. And that's just one of those things that, not the the biggest thing I took away from that show, but it's one of those things that, when I hear that song, I think of The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. I, can't
6: so. not. I mean, even... Does like a little tension come up for you? Because even when you're watching the episode, you the tension is just building up with the song, and you're like, "Oh my God, what's gonna happen?"
0: Right. It 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 kind of like gets to that point of I don't know if you're like you're a roller coaster person, like literally, oh, like, yeah. not Like an emotional roller coaster, like a real roller coaster where yep, it's going up, it's going yeah. up, it's going up, it's going up, it's going up, and then it just like it just it ends. Yes. And it's because <laughs> like I'm like on the edge of my seat, like I'm like what's happening like what's gonna happen like it's like nervous kind of like if you're like sitting like waiting for like like a teacher's bringing you like your test or something and you're so nervous and it just happens to be like the last time like the last scene of our favorite show right
6: I still get the chills when I watch it I think it's cool if no if people haven't watched it even with all the knowledge that we've given and spoilers we've given yeah. It still delivers. Like yeah. you're still gonna love it. At least I that's my opinion.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's it's one of those shows where it I feel like we would have loved it even more if we were old enough to watch it and live through it like we did with Game of Thrones. And there's other oh, yeah. shows, there's other shows like that. Those are just kind of like the two that we touched on with the with yeah. show today. Mm-hmm. But it's there's so much like hype into that show. And it's so relevant now. And I think even if I just go back and watch the finale again, or if I were ever to rewatch that show, it's not something where like, if I watched it two years ago, I was going to wait a month and then watch it again. I don't want to do that. But it's a show that I know that I'll find again down the line. And I'm sure I'll pick up on things. I'm sure there's things that I've never like forgotten, but there's things that I'll pick up on and i will have a new appreciation for that show, for that family. And And the lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, I totally
2: agree. I love
4: that.
0: Don't stop.
4: Live on set.